All right, guys. Welcome to Protein Bros Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Salmon, here with Man Sports, and I have my co-pilots with me. <laughs> Jeff uh, Wasserman. And yep. Kyle Combs. And we're not even we're not even the host I, today. Dude, Steven's hosting. Over, yeah. Take that's, over the podcast. That's it's done now. Good. You're this now is hosting. my motherfucking podcast. <laughs> yeah. Tell I us love, uh, that was the best intro. So what far, questions dude. do you have for us, yeah. man? Yeah. Well, are, is it boxers or briefs? <laughs> uh, I'm actually a, a briefs guy. Have yeah. you tried on sacks before? I have I tried sacks. Dear God, man. It's a I, good pouch down there. I didn't know idea that thing existed. No, there's, but, this, there's this new ball hammock in these things, dude. Really? Unbelievable. No, you got to try a pair on. I just so. wear like Nikes. Like Wait, see, dry yeah, same. I was just a, a Costco three-pack guy, yeah. you know, and now here I am, sacks. Are these, out. are these one of these like $30, yes. but they're worth it? Yes. So, ball so hammock. Sitka hunting clothing they make the absolute best boxers yeah i, I have a sick jacket this is a great start to a podcast just and talking about i've yeah, i've bought great. about 20 pairs of them and i like just they're loaded in my closet and it's spell it for us s-i-t-k-a sitka sitka it, and they make the i mean like i have their hunting stuff too but their boxers i mean that's tell like, tell us they're, why they're better than sex because I'm, I'm listening they're softer okay they stretch more they come down a little bit further Okay. And get I mean, down they, with that. They breathe, man. They're good. I mean, like when you go hunting, you need to have the absolute best gear because you're putting your, your body, you're putting yourself in situations that you're supposed to die. Yeah. And so when you go buy gear, you need to have gear that in the worst situations you're comfortable. Right. Moisture wicking, huge, huge deal yeah. when you're hunting in cold weather. And they have the best technical fabrics you can for, for hunting. Yeah. And Damn. They, and so, I mean, they take that and apply that. To, I mean, just the boxers for, for shits and giggles. And goddamn, does it feel good for the material? Though I mean, like that's one thing. But I'll the ball you, hammock. I'll get you a pair. But I, the my, ball hammock. I'll you pull know? you a pair on my bag. Actually, if all right, yeah, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> if I'll, I'll try them on. I'll get in the lock, I'll get in the dressing room right now. If they cost <laughs> as much as my jacket, dude, those have got to be like sixty dollar underwear, dude. They're I think they're every bit of thirty bucks. You yeah. got a sick hunting jacket? Yeah. Jeez, yeah. man. I had Quality. to trade in my. I had an Under Armour one that just sucked, and I eventually had to trade it in. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, the Rock needs to talk to them about hunting jackets over there at Under Armour. Yeah. But but it's one of those things where you know when you go hunting, you know you buy once, you cry once, and you know yeah. you get out there. I like that phrase. By that the way, that is a good phrase. Uh, yeah. you, you buy once, you cry once. Yeah, because it's so expensive. Yeah. yeah, and you know I, I've I've had this hunting gear for four years, and I put it through hell multiple times a year, and haven't had to replace it. And you know I keep adding to the collection every year as it kind of goes, but. You know, I'm good to go now. So when we go hunting, it's just throw your shit in the bag and go. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've kind of gotten that myself that point too. Except for, I do duck hunting more often, and and so I have to wear waders, and mm-hmm. waders wear out like every two to three years, which mm-hmm. really sucks. They're so expensive. Yeah, at two hundred bucks, two hundred fifty bucks, and I mean, like uh, you can now. get way more expensive ones. If the second ones right? are a grand. Are they yeah. really? I'm like, yeah. you can get way more wow. expensive than 250 yeah. Well, yeah. that actually might be why mine are roaring out every two to three yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, they- <laughs> Buy once and cry once, Kyle. So uh, for everyone that's listening, you know, Steven is a, he's an owner of Man Sports. Um, Man also Sports- CEO, let's be real. You're still running the company, correct? I am actively running the company. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and in December, I bought my partner outside. I'm the sole owner of Man Sports now. Hey, this is a fist pound I'm giving him right yeah. now, guys. And, that's uh, a huge deal. And Alex is amazing. He's fantastic, but he's had some opportunities come up where he just wanted to venture out. And sure. So we've just been grabbing the same by the, and just running with it. It's been a lot of fun. Hell yeah, man. What kind of changes have you made since uh, taking over fully? A lot of, uh, we've changed a little bit of marketing stuff and kind of the company direction and really focused on retail right now. 
I'm with you. So solely uh, focus on retail. We, we love that. Yeah. As you know. What uh, what made you uh, want to make that pivot? My background is in retail. Yeah. So I used to own a retail store and it came from that. And Alex was, was online. So getting back to more education-based stuff versus sales-based stuff. And then so we're focused on education community this year. Yeah. So everything we're doing is education community <clears throat> and our sales have just soared from it. So For sure. instead of trying to sell through discounts or whatever it is, we're focused on how, how do we teach people how to how to take these products, why they're good for them, and why they should be taking them. Mm-hmm. And people just love it. Yeah, man. We have, um, we've had, whenever me and Kyle were working the stores, we had quite a bit of, you know, cult followers of man mm-hmm. sports in our stores that really love the brand. And, um, you know, I've been with you guys, gosh, man. I mean, like, Lance Hack, dude. Did yeah. Lance love uh, man sports? Yeah, I'm sure he still does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, dude, you might have some emails from Lance. You know, at one point, I know he was looking at being a brand ambassador for you guys mm. or an athlete. And, Shout um, out Lance, you just had a baby daughter. Yeah, dude, Clara. Yeah. Uh, she, I think you <laughs> like that. It's a good name. I think you like that name. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, bottom line, you guys, I mean, like, I'm trying to think of the first product, probably Novadren. Yeah. Novadren is probably dude. the first man's sports product we ever sold. Thousands And I was men. probably Thousands. 22 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Estrogen blocker. Um, if people have heard of, uh, of man sports, what product do you think they've heard of first? You know, the, that's the thing I don't know about Man Sports is that Man Sports has been around since 2004. And how I'm, long have you personally owned it? 2011. 2012 was our first, for my first fiscal year with the, with the company. Gotcha. Okay. And, uh, but Man Sports is, it was the first company to ever use beta alanine, the first company to ever use agmatine sulfate. Wow. I didn't wow. know either. The that. first company to ever use citrulline malate. No so, it, yeah. So, Man Sports has introduced these foundational ingredients that are in every product nowadays. And so, wow. There, I mean, it just depends on what phase of life you were in. I think that like dietary self and sports nutrition is primarily like an 18 to 24 year old male thing. So like we're constantly phasing out and phasing in new customers. You guys see that with the retail stores. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I mean, it could be everything from body octane to game day to Novadrin to, you know, those are like our foundational products that have kind of over the years have been like really huge rock stars for us. Dude, uh, ISO amino. I want to say like, this is, I could have sworn this was you guys, but did you not invent candy flavors so we were Ooh, that, that is true i'm pretty sure yeah so we we, we had never seen it before you yeah we launched uh like skittles flavors and yeah. Starburst but, but, but and i mean Swiss like they were spelled differently right sour patch kids oh yeah, yeah they were always they were spelled differently but yeah. then eventually you guys changed the name to like instead of nerds it was called dorks, dorks yeah i loved yeah. that so i was like dude get the dorks yeah. get well, the dorks flavor it kind of started with game day when we when we first repackaged and relaunched game day with the new formula it was one of those scenes where we were looking at flavors and we had grape and fruit punch, but it was like, let's do a bomb pop. Yeah. Let's do a bomb pop. And so we they were the, and you guys were the first to do bomb pop. Did bomb pop. And, and it so was literally called bomb pop. It was bomb. Right? It was blue bombsicle. And so right. we did, we did blue bombsicle. Then it was like, I don't, Alex and I were sitting around talking. I think we were drinking one night and we were talking shit about, well, we were in Chicago and we were playing with the flavor lab over there. And we're like, let's do a fucking, let's do our sour patch kids. amino. And it was Sour Batch Kids. Sour Batch Kids. Trying to think of all the fun names. There was Dorks and Nerds. Star Blaze. Star Blaze. And then, like, we got sued for Skittles. Oh, we got, like, a seat and desist. Wasn't it Skittles with two Ds? Two Ds. But in all fairness, like, Alex's cat was named Skittles growing up. So that's where that kind of came from. Mm -hmm. It was really named after his cat. That's what you told them, at least. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, the rainbow on the the front and not the cat, that was just to throw people off. And then we changed it to Fruitles. Uh, but yeah, fruitles. Yeah. Fruitles. (laughs) 
but dude, I, I mean, it was, we were just crushing it with aminos and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Yeah. ISO, ISO I saw, I amino was a great one. I want to yeah. know. So were you with the company when you guys started using citrulline molate and agmatine sulfate? That first? was before me. Really? Yes. Yeah, so that was like, that's, that's crazy because I mean, it, you know, citrulline molate, when I started with uh, supplement superstores, you know, 2010 or whatever it was, mm-hmm. you know, most pre-workouts didn't have citrulline molly yeah. in it at the time. I remember we had a couple of pump products in it, and yep. it was like the ones we'd always go to. Like Hemavol had yeah. it. Vaso, Vaso Pump Hot Start by Muscle Fortress out mm. of Colorado. They had <laughs> 50 milligrams of citrulline molly. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, and then they had, a one and, and they had a one just and a half. They had a one and a half. wicked pump off yeah. that. <laughs> well, I, I just couldn't believe. Well, dude, here's the deal. We did get great pumps off of that, but it also had a one and a half, mil, uh, one and a half milligrams of a diarginine molate. Yeah. And uh, they were the only ones that did a diarginine molate over yeah. just straight L-arginine. Yeah. And I don't know if that helped me or hurt me, but I Well, it, it came out around that time, too, that arginine, to, to actually increase nitrous oxide, you'd have to use an obnoxious amount of it. Mm-hmm. So everyone was looking for, okay, you know, what's the next ingredient? Um, and I'll never forget whenever it was like citrulline and it had to be six grams. And it was like, holy hell. Yeah. You yeah. know, because at yeah. the time, you know, I remember when I first got hired, this is 08, Arginine was the only thing people used at the time, right? And yep. nitrix by BSN was the the product, right? Yep. Three, three grams. grams. Yep. Three yep. grams arginine. And no matter who made a pre-workout, it had three grams of arginine in it. It was this gold standard. Yeah. Well, literally. Yeah. I mean, in the gold standard pre-workout also mm-hmm. had three grams of arginine. There literally. you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but arginine molate. And then, uh, then the next one was agmatine. Mm-hmm. Then the next one was citrulline. And do we think, are we moving to anything else or are we just saying, all right, so I, the one. I think the agmatine isn't as, 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 as used as the other ingredients because it's banned in Europe. Mm. And so when you're looking at a lot of supplement companies that are making products, they're like, well, <clears throat> if I make a, if I make a pre-workout, if I make a pump product with agmatine, I can't sell it in Europe. I have to have a second formula and I have to have multiple flavors with that. And da, 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 da. So like mm. from inventory dollar point of view, like you're looking at it and going, let's take agmatine out because we can't sell are you, it in Europe. Are you guys selling internationally in Europe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. Do you guys, so how much does that play when you're formulating a product? Because I know Canada is so similar to that too. There's certain ingredients you can't use in Canadian. Yohimbi, yeah. Yeah. Canada is really tough, especially just because of, I mean, it's not just the import export rules of their ingredients. It's, it's also, they have a, they're called like health Canada. And uh-huh. so you have to get these, you have to basically get approved and get like, um, they're FD. It's almost like the NFDA. And it's, it's like a six, body. nine month process. And it's worse now because of, you know, COVID related stuff. So it's really hard to sell in Canada. Canada is a very difficult market. Yeah. Yeah. So but are you guys, when you formulate for like, um, so like my, my like, so of course, like us is a huge market for us. We export to Australia, which is a huge market for us. And then we do stuff in Europe too. So we try to, we try to do formulas that, you know, number one, like they have to kick ass and some more formulas, like they just can't kick ass. Like, like if like we were to formulate them based on European or Australian standards, like they just wouldn't be as great as what they could be here. So we just make it just for the U S market. Yeah. Give me, can you give us an example of one of those products? Uh, well like Delta XT, like that's one of like our test boosters mm-hmm. and there's some ingredients in there that you just can't import overseas. Mm-hmm. And so we have that one exclusive to the U S what's uh what's the primary ingredient in uh, Delta? There's a certain dose of like maca that you can't use over there. Damn, really? Yeah. Man, we had some customer one once walk in that was just like, I need that maca, man. Yeah. That's the only thing he said to me. Yeah, like over Rim, and over again. Rim, Rim <laughs> I've just been impersonating him ever since. Rim PM has some stuff in there. There's a couple ingredients. There's a couple products that you just can't export over there. That's crazy. That maca root is like, I can't have too much maca root. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Same thing with Mexico though. When you go to Mexico, like 
They sell HGH at freaking CVS. I know. There. But will you go legally in New Mexico? <laughs> they, have, they have a caffeine limit in New Mexico too. That's unbelievable. Yeah. They'll yeah. sell you TRT yeah. at CVS. I mean, it's not TRT. They're just giving you the bottle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do whatever you want with they it. They also sell Viagra just at the uh, well, I CVS. Mean, my, I, mean, I, I went, I had no idea. I was just in Mexico for my buddy's wedding. How I'm did on the you plane. get that back? I'm on the plane and my buddy's like, dude, did you go to Walgreens? And I was like, no. And he's like, dude, I bought Viagra and all this other crap. And I was like, oh my God, dude, what? <laughs> You went through customs with that? I was so mind blown. I was like, man, how, dude, how would you like to me. be the guy that gets uh, shaken down and, and thrown in jail for Viagra? Tried to bring Viagra. Try to bring boner pills back home. <laughs> Unbelievable. Not a anyway, good time. Not but a good yeah, time. but caffeine. Don't you dare yeah. in Mexico. So okay. that, yeah, there are other products out there that you know you have to. So when you're looking at it from you know formula, a formulation point of view, you definitely want to like have something that's strong. You want to be able to compete. Like so, we have a belief system that if we can't add value to the category, we just won't fucking do it. Yeah, and so if we cannot add value to that category, why even make that product? Why For just sure. have another me too? Mm-hmm. And so when we're looking at it, yes, if we can do it and it can be effective and good and badass for all markets, great, let's do it. But if it can't, then let's just make it the best it can be for this market. Mm-hmm. What um for our listeners that are you know supplement enthusiasts, what is something that you guys are really excited about coming up in Dude, what it's category? A micronized protein gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I that, asked that, Kyle if it was real. That was our most planned out uh, April Fool's joke. That <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There was Yo, so much production well, behind that video. When I watched the let's beginning. Say, of let's the tell, video. let's tell the listeners what he's we're talking about right now. Kyle, okay. come on now. All right, sorry. What back, happened? We'll back it up. Are you want me to tell? How yeah, you can tell. Let's tell. tell. He, it. he so, made the, he made the promotion. So we made an April Fool's joke that was that stated that there was 25 grams of protein in a piece of gum. And this piece of gram is like, say, three grams. Like, there's no fucking way it's even possible to yeah. put that. And we called it microprotein, and we actually made packaging, and we put it all together. Like, It was so legit that I was like, this is real. If you were to make it, like, if it was possible, like, that would be, like, it would, it would look like that. Right. <clears throat> and so we started planning that out, like, March 1st. We are like, March 1st, we had our marketing meeting. We are like, hey, what can we do for April Fool's this year that would blow the wheels off everything else we've ever done? Yeah. And so we started, you know, putting that together and planning it out and we had content built for it and we put it out there and we had a landing page. We bought 25gum.com and like did the whole thing. And it was great, man. The, the, the part that got me was because you didn't know what the hell it was at first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You guys were like in a little meeting, you were talking <coughs> about it. You're like, dude, we need to do something innovative, yada, yada, yada. And then you get to the end and you're like, gum. And when I saw it, I was like, fuck, I was like, yeah. they got me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a piece of trident. Yeah. I was like, damn. But, but do that. That's like a big part of like, you know, what we're doing is trying to create stuff that, I mean, like that for say, like that's just a branding thing, right? So you're yeah, like, it's just you're like, fun. Keeps it know, fun. How do we get people talking? Like, how do we get people interested in the brand? Like, how do we like, how do we move the needle? And Create some buzz, we, if you we, will. We, you know, just so you understand, like how much that worked. Yeah. Uh, our guys that own our Columbia market, they sent it in a text with us and Brandon, and Brandon yeah. was laughing about it. He was like, "Oh, dude, that's like the best April Fools I've seen so far." This that's year. awesome. Mm-hmm. And that that was the thing is we had retailers that you know had stopped selling us or weren't interested, and they were calling us now and. Yeah. It was a good way to get people talking. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, dude, it just keeps your brand fresh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it makes it keeps your, your You're relevant. Brand, yeah, yeah. Relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess is a good, good term for it. It's like, so, the, yeah. remember like the owner of like Benihana, he used to get those hot air balloons and he would go from like city to city in them. And it said, Benihana. and it's like, what does a hot air balloon have to do with like Mongolian barbecue? Chicken? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? But he's all over the news, Yeah, you yeah. know, and it's just like a really good marketing play. You now know, I only you know, know him because of uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. His you son, the famous <laughs> DJ, Stevie Aoki. That's his son? Yeah, That's his dude, son. You didn't know that? How did I not know that? Yeah, isn't that a trip? I just saw Steve Aoki last Friday. Yeah. 
Did you? Dude, he was here in Kansas City. Oh, nice. I, I went there for an hour, and then I had to go to Mo Country for line dancing. That's a real combo. Line dancing. Steve Aoki to line dancing. That's, That's a, my Friday. It's a weird combo. You know You know what made me, like, drove home, uh, me never forgetting about man sports, is one of the first bodybuilding shows I ever worked. I guess it was the previous owners, or maybe it was somebody that worked for you guys, showed up in the man van. Actually, it might have been you. That was me. Was it you? That was me. Yeah. That was out the St. Louis. That was the yes. St. Louis Midwest. That yeah, was, like, 2014. Dude. Yeah. I just was loving it because it was like, it was unique as shit. It was like, man, who's ever seen, you know. Dude, who wants to not take a picture in front of the yeah, man van? Who, do, who doesn't like the man van? You yeah. know? Steven, did you come up with the man van? The man van, yeah, I did. I love yeah. it. And then we, we wrapped it like a warbird yeah. plane. Yeah, dude. It was the sick. most aggressive, non-aggressive vehicle that ever was. And you guys were get, <laughs> you guys were giving out the dopest hats that night, I remember. Yeah, yeah we gave out. They yeah. were sweet hats. Yeah. So what, what made you, what made you decide you know, I know you started in a retail setting. What made you decide, hey man, I want to take the I want to take the step of buying into this company? And was that a direct? And were you, I guess uh, to kind of even back that up, you know, in the retail setting, were you were you the owner of the retail store? Yeah, yeah so were, I was I was a minority partner in the retail store. We owned a retail store out in Dallas, Texas called Results, and my partner and I uh, we had that, and then he owned a supplement company called Pro Subs or Professional Supplements, and then it was like you know we started kind of like calling it Pro Subs inside. Did it ever be called Pro Subs um, that was after, nationwide? It was after. Well, so we were a nationwide brand. We and we did some international stuff, but at that time we were just like a carbon. We were just a carbohydrate basic company. I was just gonna say I know Pro Subs. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. still have the big Pro Subs like mixed <laughs> carbohydrates. Dude, the ten pound carbolin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaking, yeah. And like the guys that bought it afterwards, they did a phenomenal job. They really blew it up and did it. I mean, kudos to those guys. They did a fantastic job. But yeah, so I had we had, I, we had Pro Subs, and I was a minority partner there, and I had. Uh, man sports, but it wasn't really on paper. It was more of a handshake deal with the supplement company. And so when my business partner passed away, he had a heart attack. He had a, he passed away in 2011. It was like all of everything that I had and been working for, of like, you know, creating like this residual income with the retail store and then building something with the supplement company. It was fucking gone. It was just gone. Cause he was your handshake partner. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he had uh, five or six brothers and sisters and they, oh, got, they got super involved and they showed up and at day one, when they came into town, they were like, Hey, let's just, you know, dude, we don't, we know, we don't, we don't want nothing to do with this. This is kind of your thing. And then I was like, well, let's just go meet with the CPAs. Cause like art handled all that stuff. And, you know, we could figure out how to like, you know, do this. I don't, I mean, Amicably I was split. <laughs> I was like a 22 year old kid or something. I was super young. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> you know, I was like, let's figure this out. So they went and met with the CPAs without me. And came back and the whole conversation switched to, hey, you need to come work for us. We don't know you. We don't we don't really trust you. And I was like, you're a fucking plumber and you live in California. So what <laughs> the fuck are you talking? What, what are we doing? Here? Yeah, what are yeah. we doing here? And you know, it was like so the whole conversation switched to let me try to figure out how to buy you out. And I tried to buy him out, but they wanted more than I had. And so I basically just ended up walking away from everything and starting over. You couldn't come up with like a, pl a payment plan on that? Like, it, hey, man, I'll give you guys a thousand bucks a month for the next 10 years. That would have been a great deal, but they wanted 10,000 times more than that. Dude, uh, God. Yeah. And so they didn't have any idea as to like, no, and like, and, just, and not to get too much into it. But yeah, it, it ended up being a really nasty thing and really being a negative thing in my life. And my daughter just had been born and I just got married and it was just like, wow, stress. Yeah. It was like Dude. all these life changes happening. So it was like, you know what? Let's, let, let's move forward. And so we just, Dumped that, dude, walked th away. This is like, I mean, this is a monumental moment. I mean, dude, this would break so many people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was your life's work to this point. It right? was, it was, I mean, I, I'd spent, you know, from 2007 to 2011 building that, that whole thing. 
And you were the grinder the, in that company. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were the guy on the floor. I was right? there from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every single day, seven days a week, building that retail store. And then, you know, and then pivoting to the supplement company, running both companies and doing both. And, you know, it's no secret that, you know, Art had a heart attack because of his drug abuse. And mm-hmm. so I was really doing both companies full, you know, full speed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so basically, so basically wax that, you know, start all over. And, you know, here I am with my daughter and my wife and I have a little bit of savings. It's like, all right, how the fuck do we, where do we go from here? Yeah. And my buddy who owned man sports called me. He's like, Hey, how about you come fucking work for me? And I was like, no fucking way. And I was like, I don't even, I don't, I'm going to go. I don't even know what I'm going to fucking do. I don't even know if I want to be in this industry. This place is a, this is a shithole. Mm-hmm. Got a bad taste in my mouth. This is just not good. Yeah, man. It would be very easy to walk away from the fitness industry. After mm-hmm. that. And, um, we sat down and I looked at man sports again and, and, you know, and he was like, why don't you buy it from me? And I looked at it and looked at like, you know, the history of it and the science and innovation and all the things. And I was like, we could probably do something really cool here. We could probably do something really special here. And so we ended up working out a deal that was super fair and very generous and uh, to him, to me and uh, bought the company and just never looked back. That's awesome. man. It's been a fun ride. That's awesome, man. I can't believe. So, I mean, this guy was a blessing obviously for, you know, the friend that you'd had. Over Everybody there. was a blessing. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like art was a blessing and, you know, and, you know, Chris was a blessing. The guy that sold me man sports and, mm-hmm. uh, everybody's been, you know, I mean, everybody that I've come into contact has just been a great, you know, help. Like there's never been a bad day really. That's awesome, man. I'll tell you a bad day. The day that we had to, uh, stop selling Novadren in our stores. What, what? Didn't that happen? No. No. What we was just, that? We just, we had, we Novadren had stock issues, not on your side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just like had a, it dried up for like three months. Yeah. I'll just never forget, dude, because there was a time when that was like the only anti-estrogen product we had had at the time. Yeah, right? the state in it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we, I remember just the call list for <coughs> Novadren was like, you know, 30 people long. Did yeah. you, did you guys, when, when you took over man sports, did you guys hit the ground run? Like what were the sales like? Were you like already swamped with, with business no, as soon as you stepped into no. it or was it like climbing a hill? No. Cause when we bought the company, they had DMA and the pre-workout. So I discontinued that immediately. So I cut that off Ooh. and took a bunch of returns. And, 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 for, and for our listeners, DMAA guys, this was the stuff that was in Jack 3D, yep. um, you know, and every other pre-workout. Everything at everything. that everything. point. And every single thing at that point. The writing was on the wall that was coming to an end. So we just didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we just discontinued it. And we took a bunch of returns and it was a huge bill. We had a swallow and that sucked. And then, and then we were nationwide in vitamin shop at the time with one product. And I remember setting up our first call with vitamin shop and I, and we get on the call and of course, like, you know, the cells weren't good with the product that was in there. And I just told him, I said, look, man, it was Marvin. I was like, look, Marvin, I was like, this product fucking sucks. You really shouldn't sell it. It's not a good, it's not for like your market and what you're doing. It's just not going to do good for you. Yeah. You know? And like, I just think that you should discontinue it. We're going to discontinue it. We should get, we're going to get rid of it. And I just ask you one thing that whenever I do have a good product, listen to me and give me a chance. And, and so that was, you know, we discontinued that testosterone that was in there. Testosterone percent was in there. And a few months later we had, we had Novader next to you and I called them up. I was like, just look at this, just give it a shot if you will. And then it became their number one selling testosterone booster nationwide in a couple of years. That's, That's freaking cool. crazy, man. Yeah. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. So it was, a, it was, was that your, um, like, I want to hear about the moment when man sports, when you guys built it up enough to where you felt like, man, I freaking made it. Like, 
you could take a big deep breath and say, holy hell, this was all worth it. I'm still waiting for that day. <laughs> oh, okay. I love it. Yeah. I, do, I like, I mean like, so like there's been cool parts of the business to where I think cool parts of the business to me are watching people buy cars or buy houses yeah. and like be able to do stuff. They're like, that's a really cool part of the business. Like, you know, people that have families and like that whole thing, that's really cool. But for me personally, it's one of those things that as I've grown up, cause I've really grown up with this company over the last 10 years, you know, 34 and I was 24 when we got it, you know, it was one of those things that, you know, what used to really stress me out and just cripple me, it doesn't anymore. Right. And so now it's like, I can, I can excel and I can move day to day and I'm more effortless and be more focused and more determined and, you know, have a little bit more clarity on the day to day basis. Cause the things that used to bother me and eat me alive and keep me up at night, I don't fucking care anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> when it comes it? to business too, it's like, I don't know about you, but like for me in my head, I was just like, you know, I'll be able to, I'll be able to, to, to relax a little bit when I get to this point. No, no, no. Then you get to that point. And you're like, well, maybe when I get to this point, yeah. no, no, not that point. Yeah. Maybe when I get to this point. Yeah. And it seems like, like you were saying, if you have big goals for your employees that are working underneath you, it just takes a long time and a lot of grinding to get to the point where you can actually relax. And, you know, I don't even know if you ever get to that point with business, probably. Yeah, no, know, I think it's I some, of the, some of the most pe- successful people I know are just mm. like as mo- as determined now as they have ever been. You know, what's weird, though, if you think about the like, think of the most successful person, you know, and think about their workload and the day to day problems they deal with. If that was just put on your plate at 8 a.m. when you know, when you walked in the office, it would cripple you. Jeez, yeah. yeah. But to that person, it doesn't even fucking bother them. Yeah. And what's the difference between him and you? absolutely nothing it's just it's this mental Time doing it mindset <laughs> but it's 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 mindset and it's mental blocks you put in front of you like so how do we become that person that nothing bothers us and we can effortlessly move throughout our day so that we can get there faster for sure you know and so it's one of those things where i'm constantly always thinking about like if you you know if you want to go like at a huge scale like look at elon musk and the crazy companies and all the shit he runs and like mm-hmm. i couldn't even i understand like having that many employees on with one company yeah I have like 12 and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Uh, yeah. It's just straight crazy that he just was like, I'm going to buy, you know, 11% of uh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone just cause I want free speech. A little boss bit move. Yeah. Dude, I want to know it get kind of going back to when you, when you made the transition from uh, being a retail owner to owning the business. And then <clears> also <throat> you going through the, the life changes of, of uh, having a daughter you know, where did that mental resilience come from? Like back in the day, did you play sports or, you know, did you have a, a dad that was tough on you and you put, put you in those type of situations or were you just kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to go for this. Yeah, How did you thrive there? I do it. I have kind of an odd upbringing. My, um, I didn't, my dad was never there mm-hmm. ever. And we moved to Texas when I was nine from California and my mom was a workaholic. So I, kind of raised myself. She wasn't there most of my life. Were she you was, an only child as well? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was a great mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but yeah, she was never really there present. Uh, but I don't know. I just, I think it, I'd always, I never really watched sports. I always thought that, that the, the guys I thought were cool were business owners. Yeah. And you know, and so I've had a full-time job since I was a kid. I used to mow, lo- mow lawns and we had like, we had, you know, it was Steven, Ryan, John, and John, we'd had SRJ lawn care and, you know, Ryan and John would go mow the yards and I would go door to door and I'd go sell it. That's so awesome. And that's when we were like 10. And then when I was, when I was 12 or 13, 13, I could walk to like a local store that was like two miles away and I would work and they gave me a job. And so I'd work there every day after school. And I've had a full-time job since I was probably 13. That's wild, man. Yeah. 
And so, so it was just, I mean, it's, I've always, your, your mom p- probably gave you a little bit more inspiration than you realized because you saw her hustling and it basically inspired you to want to do the same yeah. or it made you feel like, okay, this is the way that you handle yeah. yourself. This is what normal this is. is. This is how you, that's, that's how you basically were like 7am to 10pm at the retail store. No problem. She gave I've me, seen my mom do that, yeah, you know, a million and times. She gave me a huge belief system that, you know, there were never problems or only solutions. Yeah. You know, and so it was, you know, there was, even when all that stuff was happening, you know, of course it was stressful. And I think that's when I probably lost my hair to begin with, but it was stressful and all these things were happening, but there was no plan B. It was burn the ships. Let's keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. You know, dude, I had a question regarding something earlier and I, now I lost it because Kyle started. I cut you off like yeah. a son of a bitch that I am. And I just can't think of it now. I'm sorry, dude. That's all good. It's Friday, you know, just cutting you off. It's Friday. It's sunny. It's blue sky out. I, I, you know, the first time that I met you, the thing that stood out that I, I was um, most, I guess, inspired by, you know, uh, you were like, yeah, dude, I just started hunting two years ago. That's, you, that was it. You you were were just like, no one ever taught him. He had to teach himself. Yeah. Yeah. You were like, and, and it, there's a difference between like, uh, yeah, I go, I go, I taught myself how to deer hunt and then, and I actually you went, went on a bear elk, hunt. No, when an elk or was a bear. bear. I did elk and bear. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. if, if for anybody that's listening, the difference between those two is a lot of hiking, a lot of prepping, a lot of uh, know-how that picking up on your own just out of nowhere is very hard to do. So when I, when you told me that, I was like really blown away by that. Tell tell everybody the experience or what got you into wanting to to start a new passion like that or start uh, you know a new, new endeavor, hobby, a new hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've always loved the outdoors, and like as business progressed, I found myself wanting to. Cause you're in this, you're like, you're in this like high stress environments where you're constantly on, on, on and always go, go, go to where being in the woods and being by yourself was just something like just peaceful. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. you know, I love the outdoors and I always had this cool, I, I always loved the idea of, you know, being able to like, you know, cultivate and like harvest your own meat. And like, you know, that I thought was always super cool. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather was a huge hunter. So I spent a lot of time with him when I was in California growing up with him fishing and this and that. So I got some time out, outdoors and, you know, did realize I did like it. And so it kind of started with, you know, we went and looked at some stuff in Oklahoma. This is kind of the natural progression of it. We went and just looked at some stuff in Oklahoma. And I was like, let's just get outdoors. Let's just get outdoors. We got kids in the city. Was this 2020 by chance? And there was, was like nothing was else to do? Pre-2020. Okay. So this is, let's get the kids outdoors. Let's go do something. And so we went to go like find five acres or 10 acres in Oklahoma, just something to kind of go pedal around on. And I ended up buying like a 350 acre um, uh, farm. Damn. Yeah. So Five or 10 acres to 350. Well, it was like that scale where it was like, you yeah. know what? The price per acre, like the more you it goes buy, the way better. Up. You know, I was yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. let's just fucking buy all this. So yeah. we bought all that. And, you know, we didn't really know we we're going to build out there. So I got a tiny school bus or I got a full size school bus to build a tiny home out of it and parked it out there. And lived on the weekends, we spent, you know, out there on the tiny school bus. That's pretty dope. Dude, dude what the heck? How come I never seen this bus? Yeah. I actually just sold the Pull bus. Pull out the bus. It's yeah. like into I'll the, into yeah. the wild, but like yeah. not, not freezing to death. But the, <laughs> but do the school bus, like it had a kitchen with a full sink, had plumbing. We put an AC unit in it. It had a shower. I put a toilet in there, which put was there a utility. Was there utilities ran on the I land? ran city. I, so I ran city water and city power to the school bus. So you could, I mean, it was a full on, I mean, you were good. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. And so what gave you the idea for a school bus? Dude, you know, you remember like those TV shows where you were like, um, you were like, you see people like take a pencil and they would trade up to like a car. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So a pen to like, like a Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought my wife this like 1970s Mustang that was super pimp for like her, our seven year anniversary. And she wrote, she drove it for like a year and I was like, you still want this thing? She's like, no, I'm, I'm done with it. And I was like, okay, well 
let's turn this into something cool. So I got on Craigslist one night and just started messaging people like that had tiny homes. And I was like, you want to trade a Mustang for a fucking whatever? <laughs> da, 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 da. And yeah. I, I messaged a hundred people. And then one guy finally said yes. And it was a school bus. And I was like, here we, we got a school bus. So was it done? Was it like a, it was a tiny home school bus like it was, to start? It was mostly done. It was yeah. mostly done. And I mean, the utility stuff, obviously separate, but I mean, yeah. like it was, it was ready to rock. It was, mo- it was mostly done. So we, we changed a few things and like we changed the bedroom around a little bit, but yeah, it was mostly done. So then we got it here and uh, we took it to the land and built a deck around it and pimped it out. And it was super bad. So it could drive though. You didn't have to try trailer it uh, i could drive yeah that's yeah. so baller yeah so that's like a man-made mobile home yeah and then when we sold the farm the the people that bought it were like we just don't want the school bus and i was like that's the only thing you lit what <laughs> i was like that's the coolest part about the fucking yeah so we took it back and we kept it for a while and then we sold it yeah did you farm? did you so it's 350 acres anybody that doesn't know that's a ton of land did you farm on it or no. did you have somebody farm on it or anything no we didn't farm on it we we just we built we built trails and we Oh, you guys had ATVs and yeah, stuff. And, nice. And, and uh, we had guys come bulldoze and kind of take care of it. And we'd we'd take care of that. We had water tanks put in and take care of all that. And then we'd you know, set up, you know, food crops for the animals to try to bring you know animals in. And that's where we started like deer hunting and. and but just like go back to your question. So I started like watching TV shows about hunting and this and that. And I was like, I want to tr- I want to try this. Mm-hmm. And so I went out there and met some local guys. I was like, Hey, I need to build some deer stands. Yeah. So I started building some deer stands and some deer blinds, and then started putting some food crops out and then I did deer hunting and I was like, this is cool, but you're kind of just sitting in a deer stand, you know, from dusk to dawn and like, really feel like you're hunting anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of feeding them, waiting for them to come in and like, I mean, I get it if that's your thing, but I didn't really like it. Mm, deer hunting. There's lots of lonely days involved yeah. in uh, deer hunting. Yeah. And I like, I like, like I love the outdoors. So just sitting out there and like seeing the wildlife was great, but like getting out there and like covering some ground is even better. Right. And so I had a buddy of mine lived in, and lived in uh, Montana and he was out here on a conference one year in Dallas one year. And he was, and I was telling him about my experience with deer hunting and he was like, man, you should just come elk hunting with us. And I was like, dude, don't fucking say that. Cause I will show up. <laughs> <laughs> and like three months later, hundred percent will be there. Yes. Yeah, three months later, I was in Montana elk hunting That's and, awesome. and got into that and, got, and you got elk hunting and elk hunting is fucking hard. Yeah. Like if you, if you do public land self-guided, like we were doing and like, I love David to death, but like we're learning together. Yeah. And, you know, it's fucking tough. Dude, I can imagine. Public so, land, so too. Do you, in Montana, you got to get a, a tag, I'm guessing? So, yeah, get a tag, which which basically to date, I've gone elk hunting like four years in a row or something like that. And and uh, I've basically donated my money to the wildlife, you know, organization. So I'm really like, I really, I'm really care about the habitat right now. I'm really not. I'm really trying to find the right elk for me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but then like last year we we're like, you know what, let's fucking, let's, let's throw a bear hunt in the mix. Like, why not? And so we went bear was this, hunting. Was this a guided one or another nope, self-gu- self-guided? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and we did, we tagged out two bears last year. That was super fun. And, uh, I got a bear rug, rug on the way and we got a bunch of bear sausage. We've been eating bear sausage every, every weekend and that's super good. And, uh, that's, that's you didn't bring any bear sausage. That's wild, dude. I will next. But so like my favorite dish is like, what I'll do is I'll do like biscuits and gravy and like a white pepper gravy, and then I'll put like the bear sausage in there. It's like a Jimmy Dean. Oh, dude, it's so, so good. good, dude. That sounds amazing. Yeah, man. I, I like. What's I bear said, taste like? It's super good. Yeah, I mean, like, I, does it taste like anything else? No, it just tastes like like bear, like sausage, like pork sausage. It's super good. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. So, so how many before you decided like I'm gonna go elk hunt? How many deer did you shoot? One. Yeah, and then you're like, I'm gonna go right. <laughs> yeah, elk. yeah. <laughs> it was like, let's just fucking go. Yeah. And Have you gotten an elk yet? No, yeah, no, it's, I mean, we're definitely, I mean, like it's one of those things where my buddy that I have a buddy of mine that goes and like he hires a guide and every year he goes and kills. He's like, 
He's like, motherfucker, for as much money you've spent so far, you could have like easily gone and killed like a huge elk with a pri- with a guy. And I was like, it's part of the journey. Man. Yeah, it's yeah, man. And it's like it's, I appreciate it's, that, man. I, when I first started, so if you got a guide, it ain't it ain't you. Yeah, and I mean, like it's not guaranteed, you know, sure. if you have a guide, but like but they're like, hey, I found it for you. Go. Yeah, and if, <laughs> if any guys are listening right now and they want to go hunting, I'll go listen and we'll like I'm <laughs> fucking. Down. I got your. I'll pay yeah. your way. Let's yeah, go. No, uh, but it's just the, our. This has been our journey and what we've been doing. It's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot, and I mean, my so my ultimate goal one day is like to take my son and pass it on. Yeah. And not just pass it on, but really just spend time with him in the woods. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's why, like, I got him a dirt bike. Because I wanted him to, like, one day for us to go, like, take Harleys fucking across the U.S. and go do cool shit. Yeah. And that's why, like, I'm out here doing this is because, you know, one day I want to take my son to go do, you know, cool shit in the woods and be able to get lost and have fun and be resourceful and for him to build that confidence to do his own thing. That's awesome, man. There's something really. I love that. There's something so powerful about getting in the back of the woods. Like, I'm like talking, like, when when the gate ends, that's when you start. Yeah. And you just start fucking going all day long until it's fucking dark. And you start walking back in the dark. And when you're back there, people haven't walked on that land for hundreds of years. And everything out there wants to eat you. And if you twist your ankle and hurt yourself, you're fucking done. There's no, there's no reception. There's nobody to help you. There's nothing to come get you. There's something cool about that. Yeah. To put yourself in that situation where, you know, you're just out there. It's a really powerful feeling that's like, Hey, I need to be careful. Every step I take is a very important step. Like mm-hmm. Everywhere I go, I need to be aware of what I'm looking for and what I'm doing because a snake could come out and get you and then you're, you're in a world of hurt. Yeah. Everything yeah. you pack matters. Everything you pack matters. How you, much it weighs. Mm-hmm. I've, I've watched a, a ton of YouTube videos on people. Like you're speaking down. Kyle's language right now for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's dude, it, it's a really good experience. And like, especially out West, like when you're in Montana, like that's the real deal. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's dude, I went on my hike with Montana last year and they were like, Hey, Hey, there was two bear sightings today. Like, Hey, like I was like, has anybody died this year? They're like, I mean, yeah. Last week a girl was bike riding and, uh, she got her face torn off. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa. They're like, yeah, yeah. Like she was decapitated. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I relate so much with, you know, your feelings on being outdoors, like getting rid of your phone and not having anybody able to get a hold of you. And then also, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like you in the fact that I grew up, I grew up sporadically like pheasant hunting in Kansas. I wasn't, I wasn't hunting on a regular basis. I moved to Missouri or to Springfield, Missouri. And my buddy um, who I hunt with all the time now got me into waterfowl hunting. And uh, at the time, you know, we had no money, we had no resources, we were going to school. And so on the weekends we would, you know, drive to the middle of nowhere and we'd go duck hunting and we'd, you know, throw 50 pounds of decoys on my back and just walk for miles and miles and miles into a place that we've never been to mm-hmm. hope there's water there. Hope that there's ducks that are flying in the area, you know, throw out a bunch of decoys and yeah. wait for the sun to come up because you're walking out there in pitch black. And, uh, we'd sit out there all day, you know, yeah. and we'd, we'd camp out there and it was just like, you know, it's just the best, man. It's, it's unlike any other experience. Like you were saying, it's, it's when you're out there, and it's pitch black. There's absolutely no light from a city. You know, like you were saying, you know, I've, I've seen mountain lions out there. I've seen, you know, just tons of stuff. And this is in Missouri. This isn't even thinking about Montana where Montana is like 10 times that, you know, it's just, you know, it's the best man. It's, um, watching the sunrise is a really powerful thing. Yeah. Listening to the, to the sounds and, and, you know, it's just, dude, it's just being great for the soul, man. Yeah. Great for the soul. You have to be 100% present. Uh, do you, uh, do you bow t- hunt at all or you just do rifle? 
Yeah, so that's funny because like so we went a couple years without killing an elk with a rifle. So we thought, well, let's, we'll get we'll get uh, we'll get <laughs> maybe we'll have better luck we'll, with we'll a bow. Have, yeah, which is fucking a hundred <laughs> times harder. Yeah. Which I don't know. We got to take our our bows for a walk, so yeah. it was fun. But no, it, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do I do it all. But am I great at it? Absolutely fucking not. When you're out in the woods yeah. and you got your bow, do you ever think like, yeah, I might as well just like take a shot at this squirrel or something? Thousand percent. I guess I'd be able to eat something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like, like, I got a lot of squirrels with it. Yeah, squirrel nuggets would be better than no nuggets. Right. Yeah. You like my elk on the wall right here? I do love that elk on the wall. Yeah, dude. It's not real. Does it look legit? Is it not real? <laughs> no. No. No, man. I, uh, I've i killed two ducks in my life. That's Did it. you kill any with me? Yeah. It's, it sets the mood. Though. No, you know what? No, we didn't thought, even see one. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure we went hunting and it was 65 degrees. It was out. me, you and Mike, and it was 65 degrees. And somehow my brand new waders got a hole in them. Because I know, sat on the blind and there was a uh, nail coming out. You know what looked really good in this room is if you went out and killed like a huge grizzly bear in Alaska. <laughs> and then it had it mounted like standing up. like Because yeah. right it's tall enough where you could totally do that. Oh, dude, that would be sick. Dude, my honest right dream there. would be a straight up moose head. Because I just think moose are so cool. Moose are cool. Caribou are cool. Very dude, cool. you'd yeah. be our guide, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I mean, at my rate, we'd kill nothing. Yeah, but it'd still be <laughs> yeah. fun. We'd, hey, we'd, we'd kill of, some squirrels. Yeah, we'd have listen, some beers. That'd be good. Like, I get an A for effort, but yeah. we, it, you'd have a good time. I guarantee you that. Yeah. And you would have a belly full of food, but it may not be like elk meat. It would be like <laughs> Cheerios and yeah. peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me, before we start a hunting podcast, let me switch gears back to fitness for a yeah, second. Sorry. That's all good. But I mean, dude, to be honest, you know, walking... You know, elk hunting is you That's probably fitness, man. yeah you probably walked a hundred miles in that weekend you uh, know? a thousand percent or that week or however or long more you yeah it's yeah. it's unbelievable how far you walk for that stuff yeah. right like I mean, I mean just in that's in, why Cam Cam Haynes is always running marathons yeah. or whatever he is because he's always up in the mountains having to walk so all far. the guys that I meet that kill ant like that actually fill their tags it's because they don't quit yeah they get past that they get to that gate and they just go 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 and they go. Until they kill an animal. Yeah. And it's, if, if you try to like, just, you know, just do like sunrise, you know, a sunrise hunt and a sunset hunt, like good fucking luck. Yeah. You got to be moving. Cause it's, it's, you know, it's, you definitely want to know the land and where you're going, but you also in signs that you're looking for, but you just got to be a little lucky. You got to get out there and put the work in. Yeah. Dude, I was, uh, when I was up in Montana and I was having a conversation with a local in Missoula and he's, uh, he was like, yeah, man, I, I uh, I was like, you ever encounter a bear? He's like, yeah. He was like, I was trail running, just running. Like I had no, nothing. I had no bear spray, yeah. nothing. And he came up on a bear and he had to like talk oh. him down. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> hey bear. Hey bear. Yeah. He was like, Whoa bear. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, Holy shit. And I was just like, knowing what you know, like how do you not run with some bear spray or something? Right. Yeah. yeah. And bear spray is the best thing you can have out there. Right. You know, cause I mean, under like whenever your, your adrenaline's pumping and you pull out a gun, you try to shoot it. Good luck. And then also miss too, like, and just piss it off. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and like at least when you use like bear spray, like you're, it's it's more like a shotgun spray where it kind of encompasses them, and then like it it, you know, it messes up their vision, and they can't really breathe that well, and they want to get away. And then also like you're in their territory, man. Like right, you're not you're not here to hurt the bear. In that you're scenario. you're in his house, right? You know, and so like if you you know if you get on him, like you're kind of your fault. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But on an entrepreneurship note, here we go. <laughs> nice segue. Nice yeah, yeah. Transition. Well, dude, it's the talk it's, about bear spray. This is, I remember my question that I had earlier. Oh, so this, okay. is where, this is where it's coming in. And you know, you said you grew up, you know, um, idolizing you know entrepreneurs, business yeah. owners, and yeah. and I would just like to hear you know what some of those names were. 
And uh, did you ever get a chance to, you know, ever meet them or follow up with them, et cetera? Never really met them. My mom used to listen to a bunch of like, you know, motivational stuff like Tony Robbins and all those guys. Sure. And so Tony like, Robbins is awesome. Yeah. And so it was like, as soon as I could, like I was processing that stuff and digesting that stuff. And the really cool thing is she would go, she'd go like these business seminars, these motivational like talks and this kind of stuff. And like, she would take me with her. And so I was like, you know, 12, 13, like going to these conferences I had no business being at, but it was like, it was felt cool. It felt cool to be around these people that were like super pumped up on life making moves and yeah yeah and they're excited about stuff so you know i always just thought it was really fun and i always like had this idea i was like i'm gonna go to school for international because i want to do international business i want to do internet i want to just something international it just sounded cool Mm -hmm. and you know i'm i actually ended up dropping out of high school like my sophomore year and uh and definitely didn't do international business college like that and so like or going to school for that and um but, you know, here we are today, like we're shipping products all over the world and, you know, it's, it's a really fun. Yeah. Now it's Man Sports yeah. International. What made yeah. you drop out of school uh, your sophomore year? I got to that point in high school where I was like, so I don't like this to begin with. And I, the harder I work, I don't earn any money and I'm working every hour. Like I'm working after school full time. Like I'm actually earning money doing that. This is, this isn't for me. Yeah. And so I just, and a lot of my friends were older at the time. So I just dropped out of high school and kind of never looked back until I got a job at a retail store. The guy was like, Hey, I can't have a dropout work for me. You have to go get your GED. And that was like, that was a, that was a great gift he gave me. Yeah. It was cool that he did that. Yeah. So went back and got my GED. And then at that point, my mom was like, I really want you to try college. You just try it. And so I went and took two stabs at it for like two semesters and just wasn't for me. Yeah. And kind of just figured it out from there. I feel no, like it's understandable, man. You learn, you learn with experience, I think mm-hmm. is like, you know, you just know how you learn well. Well, and all my friends were getting out of college a couple of years later and they had all, you know, had debt and all these things and, you know, none of them were using their, their degrees for anything. They're actually traditional doing. college is an all time low right now in enrollment as yeah. far as it's, it's gone down the last three years. Our generation was the last generation where I think, uh, the, the consensus was when you were in high school, it's like, you gotta go to college. If you don't yeah. go to college, what are you going to do, you know? And uh, now I just don't think that's <laughs> – that's just not the case because of the, the amount of information that's on social media. Yeah. And there's so many people out there that are like, you don't have to go to college. Yep. You can do this. And this is actually, you know, you don't have to go into debt. You don't have to be 50K. My God, dude, we, need, we need all these people to want to be a tradesperson because, my God, there's so there were so few on tradespeople well, right now, man. I mean, Plumbers, let, electricians. like. When I'm looking at – when I'm interviewing somebody, I'm not looking at – I'm not looking where they went to school. Never. I'm really interviewing them trying to figure out who the fuck they are. Yeah. My dude here, like I can teach you how to sell fucking protein powder. Yeah. I can teach you how to do invoicing. I can teach you all the ins and outs of the business. What I can't teach you is to be a good person. Yeah. I can't teach you to have drive. I can't teach you to be here 30 minutes early every day. Like if if you got those things in in you and they're ingrained in your body and your bones and like in your marrow, like I can teach you the rest. I can teach you how to make six figures. Yeah. But you got to have that core stuff. And sometimes college is good for people like that because they need to go to school just to be able to get out of that shithead phase. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. That was me for <clears throat> sure. Yeah. And, and, like, and there's and there's a, there's a there's a point to that, you know. But a lot of people don't need that. Yeah. Some people need that structure in the beginning. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, especially when the military get, to them when they get rid of the uh, you know their their family uh, element that they yeah. had before. You know what I mean? Their situation they had never been away from the home. You know, yeah. away from their home. And so that was me. Whenever I got down to school, I'll never forget like the first time. Uh, like, you know, my parents left, whatever, the next day, you know, have a full day of like, you know, standard college, right? And uh, I'm like, wow, we're just like living school now. 
I just don't go back to my house. Yeah. This is just where I live now. I'm living school. I'm yeah. just surrounded by my, my, like, you know, my co-students, if you will. I'm just like, this is wildest well, times. It's a trip, isn't it? What's your, what's your, uh, what's your go-to interview question to figure out if somebody has drive? Well, I mean, like, so like number one, like we'll, we'll do a couple of things. Like we'll, number one, we'll ask them, Hey, we need you to bring two copies of your resume and two copies of references. I just want to see if they can even like take direction. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I don't even care about the fucking references. I don't care if you bring it, like, but I want to know like, can you take direction? That's the one thing. And then two is like, if, if they're not 10 minutes early, I won't even fucking interview them. Yeah. Like if you don't like, if you didn't look at your ways or your fucking Google maps to see that it's going to be 35 minutes of traffic and you just thought it was going to be 20 and then you're late. Fuck off. Yeah. You know? So there's a couple of things like that. And then like the, the number one question I always ask people is what's the hardest thing you ever went through in your life? It's a good one. It's yeah. a really good one. And then how did you get through it? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you have to, like, we have to be aware that like, when we're interviewing these guys, like they're super nervous. Mm-hmm. They're super nervous. So they're going to say fucked up shit. They're going to say shit that they shouldn't say. They might open up too much. They might vomit from the mouth a little bit about certain things. And so it's like, it's our position to sit back and go, okay, well I get kind of nervous sometimes. We're all human. Like, honestly, like let's just, it's kind of good that they're kind of, you know, making you know, some if mistakes. somebody's nervous, a lot of times it's a signal that they're, they actually care about what yeah. they're tr- interviewing for, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, the, they actually want that opportunity. Yeah. The, the drive thing, I always try and d- dig into somebody's past and see, you know, what's the biggest accomplishment that they've had, you know, if they actually care, if they, if they have a high standard for themselves and yeah. they, they care about winning, you know, if you can find that person, then you gotta get, because like you were saying, you can teach them all the other stuff. Yeah. You can teach a monkey how to do payroll, you know, but finding somebody who likes to win and is like dedicated to winning it, totally different. It's deal. not about the highs. It's about the lows. Yeah. You have to find something that's, that's been through lows because perseverance is everything. And every time you start a new call, like you started a new career, there's always going to be a time in your like that time in that career where it's going to suck. And you have to know that they're not going to quit when it gets hard. Yeah. Because there's going to be months where like, you know, it's going to be hard or they're frustrated or you're frustrated with them or you're learning each other and you're trying to figure it out. But if they're, if they have a quitter mentality, it's not, it's not going to work out. Do yeah. you tell people, this is a good question. Do you tell people when they like have that kind of, <clears throat> how do I phrase this? I'm sorry. Do you tell people the reason why they don't get the job in that kind of a way where it's like, Hey man, you know, you quit a lot of things and I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think this is a good fit because of that. I'm usually really, I'm always pretty transparent with people about, you know, like, well, if we have like, we're pretty good at getting it down to like two candidates before we get to that point. And then we always pay them respect of like calling them and let them know, Hey, we hired somebody else. They were a better fit. This is why. And so forth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we don't ever like drag people out or like leave them hanging for sure. Which I think is important. But I also think, you know, I'm somebody who likes to tell people what I think is the truth. Yeah. I'm direct. And, and it's one of those things where, uh, you know, it may not sit well with some people, but I'm like, I'm, you know, Maybe a year from now, maybe two years from now, you'll say thank you. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I'm trying to help you. Well, we've had people come back and interview again that, that have made dedicated, they've dedicated themselves to fixing the, the yeah. specifics where we're like, mm-hmm. hey, man, this is not a good fit because of this. Yeah. They go home, they work on themselves, they come back, and they're great employees for some, us. Yeah, some of my favorite employees, I say to them, you know, and I'm usually the final interview guy, and I just tell them, hey, you know, I don't think you're ready. Here's yeah. what I think you need to work on. If you truly value being a part of this team, take the time to do this and reapply. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll love seeing that you reapplied if you do, because I know that you really worked on what we talked about, you know, and we'll see. And we we recently had a guy just do that. What's your, uh, what's your opinion? What, where do you think the fitness industry is going in the next 10 years? 
you think do you have a good opinion of the fitness industry as a whole bad opinion like from your from your perspective as a as a brand owner what's your what's your thoughts on that it's getting broader yeah it's you know you should be so pigeonholed with like certain sports and now it's just getting broader and broader and broader so it's really important for you to have brand identity of who you're really attacking mm-hmm. you used to be able to just to try to go you know to be something to everybody and everything and now you have to be very specific yeah you know what's your guys's niche we're I mean, right now we're trying to go after a younger demographic. You know, I think that's really important for us to stay young. You making TikToks? We are making fucking TikToks. <laughs> Does it make you want? To- <laughs> <laughs> He's like, like, I'm is, not is, making TikToks. Hey, is Steven, is Steven making TikToks? Steven is making TikToks. Oh, oh shit! My yeah. Handle is Steven Supps. Yeah, and uh, dude, listen, I, I I was a guy that literally deleted all my social media a couple years and was like, fuck this, I'm a ghost deal with it we send the woods yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, i did and absolutely so, somebody else fucking figured it out if i could get rid of this this phone this black this black mirror i would and uh but now i've kind of come into like a being of like just embracing it yeah enjoying the journey and like you know it, it is you know it feels it feels dumb to talk about sometimes but it's just a tool yeah mm-hmm. it's exactly what i was gonna say i was yeah. like if you can look at it as a tool and you can remember it's a tool and yeah. it's not you know don't let it overtake your yeah. life Good to go. And I mean, to the point where, you know, I wouldn't, I deleted Instagram and now I'm back on Instagram and I'm trying to do stuff there. And, you know, this is my first podcast. We're doing this. We're building out a podcast room at our office. Like we're launching a podcast, you know, and, you know, we're trying to do every check, every box. Yeah. And podcasts you know, are great. Cause you can just talk to your, it's like hanging out with somebody, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I used to listen to so many podcasts. I was like, it, you know how it is in a retail store, you know, you have people come in and they'll sit and sit in there for like an hour and bullshit with, you know, yeah. people. And because we're not in the retail stores as much anymore, I was like, man, how can we kind of like recreate that where we're having, we want to continue to create a relationship with the people that follow our brand. Well, yeah. like, what is it? People buy people. They're not buying products. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, that's why you guys are successful is because you got people bought enough of you guys to go. This is what I want to get behind these guys. Yeah. I want to get behind what they're fucking doing. I want to see them win. I don't, I don't, I don't like the other guys. I like these guys. I'm rooting for these guys. And at a certain point in your business, like we can't interact with every single person, but what we can do is we can pull back the curtains and show them who we truly are for sure. And if they like us, great. If they don't fuck off, yeah, you know, but we can pull back the curtains and really let people see who we are and be like, Hey man, we make quality products and we do good things and that's all cool and all. But like, this is who you're supporting when you buy our products. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the whole purpose I, of our podcast, man. I've noticed uh, with you guys too, you, you're starting to do um, like meetups, like meetup workouts and stuff so, like that. Culture stuff. Community. Community. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean, for us, that's always been, yeah. you know, community is such a big, big deal. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, you know, it, our, dude, our goal is hundred percent that when people think of community with their business, that they think of our brand because we do it so well. It's, you know what I mean? What's that old joke? It's like, if only the best products were the best selling products. Because <laughs> yeah. they're not. Yeah. They're Never. fucking not. The, yeah. the, the best products aren't the best selling products. It's the best marketed products are usually winning. But correct. But there's a way to win there. That's like the cheat code. Yeah. The cheat code is like the best products can have the best communities for sure. And then the best communities will sell your products mm-hmm. and sure. get behind you. And you guys have that figured out. And we're starting to figure that out. Yeah. It's 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 one of those things where I think uh, for us specifically people like human interaction, man, you know, as much as online, you know, people can say that everything's going online at the end of the day, like 
I just like interacting with people and there's certain things I'm not going to go, I'm not going to buy online because I want to like talk to somebody about it. And you know, the people that I talk to, I want to build a relationship with and I want to have a guy that, you know, I can send people to that I trust. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, um, you know, and it's we face also realize interaction that we're talking to because yeah. you can do human interaction through social media. Obviously. Yeah. But w- what I'm saying is, is, you know, there's going to be there. People are going to buy supplements through online. But, you know, if somebody's buying supplements through a retail location, we want to be that option for them. Yeah. You know, that's why I appreciate you saying that you're refocusing on retail, because I also think retail is great for if you get in good with a relationship with a retailer. They're going to recommend your product over and over and over and over and over. They're going to build your brand for you for years. You know what I'm saying? So no, there's there's it's the education part of the products that you can't always do effectively. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's Uh, what the guys like the guys in the actual trenches, the guys behind the counter that are recommending the products. Going, hey, here's why this is a good product. mm -hmm. This is why you should buy this product, and that's that's what we're focused on. Yeah. What are you doing, bro? I'm gonna open this up. I'm gonna type some stuff. It's it's dead, dog. Sorry. Sorry, I don't have to phone it. Are you going to do the rapid fires? I am. Yeah. We're going, we're going to eventually. Dude, right. so tell me, are, did you, uh, how long have you been in Texas? I've been in Texas since, gosh, I was nine. So what is that? You ever going to move out of Texas outside of uh, the school bus in Oklahoma? <clears throat> Man, I, uh, Texas has gotten a little wild recently. Yeah? Yeah. And what, like, what Texas used to be and what Texas is today are two different things. Is that, you think that's from so many people coming from other states? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's like the traffic component of it. Yeah. But I, it just, you know, I just look. I met a guy one time, and I was on his, I was on his property. We were hunting, and he had his couple boys out there that were kind of help us out, do some stuff, and uh, we were hog hunting actually. Yeah. And I said, "This is a," I said, "Do you love this place?" And he goes, "Man, listen, life's like a train. If you get to pick your last stop, you're pretty lucky." Yeah. This is my last stop. That's where I'm going to die. That's so cool, that's man. Awesome. And. Uh, Texas isn't my last stop if I get to choose. So I, I'm guessing from this conversation, last stop's going to be a little bit more away from a city. It, you know, and it, I'm not saying it needs to be Montana. It could yeah. be like, I love Central America too. I have like special Central America. Central America has a really special place in my heart. And I love Costa Rica and I want to explore Nicaragua and I want to do more stuff out there. I think that's a really cool place and a really cool community. And like, those people are really special. Yeah. And I can learn a lot out there. Have you already visited down there before? I've been to Costa Rica a couple times. Awesome, man. Yeah. And Nicaragua is like on the, my, on the next place on my list I want to go check out. Was uh, When you went to Costa Rica, what was the trips like? I went to uh, went to Jocko. We did some stuff out there. That was super fun. I took my family to Tamarindo. It was like a huge surf community. Really cool place. Really fun. Do you know how to surf? Horrible at it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost drowned. I was drowned in Hawaii and then I was drowned in Costa Rica. I'm fucking I'm done with that thing. Yeah. Uh but I was it's fun. Yeah. You know, I'm good at boogie boarding, right? Yeah. Uh, my kids love it too. So I grew I mean, I used to skimboard. My mom lives in Florida. Not very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my daughter's actually really good at the boogie boarding too. It's super cute. Uh but yeah, I like I don't know where it would be, but yeah, somewhere out there where there's less traffic and uh, the mindset's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Texas is like, dude, I told you last time we talked, I love Texas. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite places, but I definitely could see because where you're at in Dallas is a monstrosity mm. of a city. Cause it's not just Dallas, yeah. you know, there's what, what part of Dallas are you in? I'm in East Dallas. So like, we're like in the heart of Dallas, like East Dallas is, is one of the oldest parts of Dallas where, you know, homes were built in the twenties and thirties and you know, it's been, it's an older part of the city. It's really green. There's a, there's a, there's a lake there called White Rock Lake that we live really close to. 
and it's super green out there. It looks just like a little mini Austin. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, but dude, even the last like five years, the population, I don't know what the, I don't know what the population numbers are, but it's got, it's got to be close to being doubled what it was. Oh. Yeah, and dude, and beyond that, too, all like, these California transplants, or I mean, I am one of them. Uh, like early on, I guess, but like, I mean, yeah, way early, yeah. But you know what I hate about it mostly is like, I love the idea that people that are like in their twenties and thirties can go buy a home and invest into it and like buy into that future. You can't fucking do that anymore. Yeah, you got to live an hour away from work. You got to live an hour away from Dallas to fucking do that. That's I'm, most big cities now, man. Dude, I, we, we bought our house in twenty, I don't know, twenty fourteen. And maybe 2015, and it's like doubled in price. Yeah, and like, oh yeah, that's cool. Like, yeah, we have a bunch of equity, awesome, cool shit. But what about my fucking guys are trying to buy houses like nearby where we live? Yeah, yeah, man, it's not that's not even feasible. No, and like apartments are just going up, 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 and up, and like the property taxes are going through the roof. And like, dude, it's like at a certain point, it's like guys, like we have to like, where is like the humanization of this going? Hey, like not everything is just is just commoditized. Right. Like we have to have a place where like people can grow and breathe and live and like be, it's just fucking out of control. The problem is, I mean, not to get political, but they pumped a ton of money into people's hands that, that were investors that could come in and <coughs> jack up the, jack up the market, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, now it's like, you're right. It, it's, you think that a crash has to come at some point, but you know, look I don't at, think look at Denver, yeah. you know, Denver is even worse than Dallas and it's going to, I don't see it coming back down ever. Yeah, you know? I don't think it's coming back in Texas. I mean, because just the they, inventory is so low and cost of build, cost of materials are so high that they can't. If you build a new house, it's so expensive, and lots are crazy expensive. Dude, I got a I got a buddy who has a you know special needs son that was just mm-hmm. born, and they need a bigger house. Yeah. And he said, "This is just we're talking like two days ago." They they put an offer on a house, and uh, it went for eighty grand over asking cash. And it was like a six hundred and fifty thousand dollar house, and he's just like, "Who has seven hundred and fifty yeah. grand yeah. in cash?" Yeah, he's just like, "How does this private even equity firm is who has?" Dude, that? he's just like, he's just <laughs> yeah. like, "How does this happen?" Yeah. You know, he couldn't, he just couldn't believe it, and he's just like, "How am I supposed to?" You know, and he's he he's just dude, he's like beside himself, like he doesn't know what to do. He's the you know leader of his household, probably like how you felt when you were twenty two. Yeah, you know, he's just like, dude, he's you could see it in his face, man. He's freaking out, and I'm just like, listen, dude, like. I think that's going to, there's going to cause migrations into cities that are, you know, second tier cities a lot. And Um, I do, I also think that just parts of town, you need to start being okay with living there. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like you're just going to have to start looking at parts of town that you wouldn't think to live in, but the houses are still affordable there. Dude, there's houses right near me that are 150 grand and they're beautiful. Yeah. Not kidding. But they're turnkey. You know what I'm saying? Like someone already flipped it. They bought it for 30 K. You know what I mean? And it's like, dude, it's possible. You know what I mean? You're just, I don't, I don't it might not that's be possible my, in Dallas. Yeah. No, I'm saying, City. That's my yeah. guess is that that's what's going to happen is just, just areas that well, people like, don't typically want to live in are going to, people are going to start living there. Well, I mean like the bubble used to be like, if you lived 20 minutes North, you was like, Ooh, you make that drive. And now it's like, 40, 50, 60. Oh, you only have to drive 20 minutes. Yeah. That's like amazing. Now, yeah. <laughs> I got a buddy yeah. who lives North of Frisco and the, the, his, the, little community that they live in it's not little at all yeah. it's massive yeah. what do they call those down there they're like self-contained um housing communities mm. it's got its own grocery store it's got its own like every, bar it, and stuff every three mile radius has everything yeah like every three mile radius has a huge gym a mcdonald's a chick-fil-a all of it a mattress firm everything <laughs> like a mattress firm. <laughs> there's a freaking mattress firm on every corner of every single we city. joke around that if there's a mattress firm we can put a store there we're gonna go there with a store 
It used to be Chipotle. Like if you just like look same at the Chipotle, same Chipotle's, Chipotle's also across from Mattress Firm. Yeah, yeah. and Chick Fil A, Chipotle's, man, because those those motherfuckers are getting double, double protein with their whey protein powder. That's true. Well stated, man. Yeah. Uh, so so this was my big question I had for you for this podcast, dude. Okay. Kyle and I've been doing this a long time, as you know, but dude, we're really really trying to get better, like really trying to get better. And you know, we're not online, and I don't think we're going to be online not for a very long time. And so you've been to a lot of retail stores. You've visited a ton. You call on a lot. What do you think we can do better? You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you think we're missing or, you know, who impresses you and why? It doesn't get better than you guys. It's fucked up. I wish I had a better answer for you. <laughs> I've toured the world. <laughs> <laughs> this was not like a giant ego story. I was for about us. to say. Yeah, I, I listen. I, like, I'm dead serious. This is the one example. That's the dumb question. Cause I'm going to tell you, it doesn't get better than you guys. You got to feel like, it's like, it's not a dumb question, but like, let me say this. Like I've toured the country. I've toured the world. I've toured the country. I've seen retail stores all over the place. And I always am the one I'm always like S2 does it like this. S2 does it like this. S2 does it like this. And, and you're talking to them. You're saying, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it just doesn't get better. Like, dude, I still get letters from a protein bar. I bought four years ago from one of your stores. The guys messaged me an email or not messing. They write me a letter still. Yeah. It's, it's fucked up. <laughs> The amount of post money you spent on postage, you know, like you guys, we got, spent a lot of money on postage. It's a, <laughs> a lot. I like I'm sh- retailers don't know the secret sauce of what you guys do. And if they did, it'd be wild to see. But it, it's a, dude, the secret sauce is honestly the MFCO project. And it's all they have to do is well, listen to Andy's it, podcast. It's, it's honest, he gives it away. What, what's crazy about what we do is like, it's just, um, you could tell somebody what we do and they think like they will take it and they'll do like 70% of it. And it's like, no, yeah. we do a hundred percent of it and dude, we do it every th- this time. This is the best yeah. analogy I got. Everybody tries. And we're still not perfect. I'm not yeah. saying that we're perfect. Oh no. Like pe- the people ask this all the time and I'm like, dude, we'll tell you exactly our playbook and you won't follow it because you don't think some of the stuff we do actually matters. And so it's no different than when, you know, somebody who's training for a bodybuilding show and they're really looking shredded and they're getting really freaky and it's two weeks out or three weeks out and somebody's inspired and they see him and they're like, dude, what do you do? And like, I can hand you my diet, man, but you will not follow it. Yeah. And that's just the truth. Yeah. Like you don't really want to look like this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They just would like, switch out a couple of the protein yeah, sources. Yeah. They're going to start telling themselves yeah. like, oh, you know, like I can just have this protein bar or I can <laughs> eat this instead. And so people are going to look at our playbook and be like, I don't really, I mean, I can just write them an email and it's free. I don't need to write them a thank you card. It's and the thing about it's like for what you guys are doing, it's there's so much that goes into it. It's such a slow growth play because you can't do it at a fast pace. Yeah, time, man. Because you can't. It's people. Mm-hmm. You have to find the right people that are actually going to execute the like the playbook. Yeah, dude. That's what a. That's actually kind of what sucks about our business model. Kind of is that uh, we're <laughs> just never going to be like the company that just pops up a hundred and three hundred months stores or, because yeah. it's like. At the end of the day, you have to find the right people. You have to train them, which it, I always tell our guys when they get hired, I'm like, you're going to suck for like six months. You're just yeah. going to not be good yeah. for six months. It's going to take you that long to do things the way that, that we want you to do them. And uh, you got to be fine with that. Yeah. That's why we don't hire anybody that's like, I'm just looking for a job for a yeah. year. So it's hard to find those people. But would you so. rather have 10 stores that outperform 30 or 40 or 30 yeah. or 40 shitty I mean, fucking stores. That's true. That's the way we kind of look at it. I'd rather yeah. have 10 headaches instead of 30 or 40 shitty ones. That's true. And which would give you a lot bigger headaches, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, Dude, that's a really good point. You know, and the people that that work for us, I, you know, we, we give a lot of um, uh, weight to to trying to learn all this information because it's yeah. a lot of information. I'm yeah. sure we confused some people earlier on the, uh, you know, the Agmatine and Citrulline stuff yeah. we were talking 
but it's it's not just that. It's six months to to remember everybody's name that walks in the door, yep. to know all those regulars and know what their favorite pre workout mm-hmm. is. And that's, I mean, dude, all our reviews. I try to we explain this to our staff a lot, but it's like our staff is our number one product, right? Our yeah. people, like you said, and it's purely because of the way they treat them and the way they care about the the customer. And so when you look at our like our reviews, no one talks about the products. Yeah, you know, they only talk about how they were treated. We used to play that game in retail when we'd have like staff be there when people would walk in the customers walk in the store, whoever could remember the customer's name would win. Yeah, that's awesome. Like that was a game we'd always used to play. Dude, I, I, I mean, um, you know, I was, I was sincere in that question, but I genuinely appreciate that feedback and we're just going to keep trying, man. Cause dude, and I, and in my head, I'm like, we haven't evolved enough, you know? So you like, so, so the last time I saw you guys, <clears throat> it was right. I think it was. April of last year, I think we went was. to Red Door Grill. Yeah, yeah, I think it was April or March mm-hmm. of last year, and uh, and we were talking, and like that was the one thing I took away from that meeting was because I was asking, I was like, how do you guys, how do you guys find the right people? And and you guys told me like, look, we find people that that we know and we trust. We know they're good people, and they're already, they're in other industries that they may be unhappy in those industries. And so when I started looking for more people with our company, we have the strongest team we've ever had. Mm-hmm. 10 years in we have the strongest fucking team we've ever fucking had and it was such a great piece of advice because we applied it to where like when we're looking for somebody like hey man i know you're currently in this industry but are you happy yeah and if you're not we have a really great opportunity here and i think you'd be really happy here and to go one step further with it nowadays the mar- nowadays the market's so competitive with employees good pay is not enough anymore right good pay is just that's 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 the, that's the expectation. That's the expectation. And now you need to, they need to be truly happy in the workplace that they're going to stay a long time. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah. Our and, cult- and, and then being happy is from you genuinely caring about them and what they're trying to, yeah. and, and what they're trying to accomplish yeah. themselves. We, we really try and turn all of our employees into like scouts too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we're, we're very much like, Hey, if you find somebody and you're in a conversation with them and you notice they have the same core values as us, yeah. you need to float out the idea of like, Hey man, where do you work? Yeah. Because, you know, that's it, the only way they grow faster. That's and how we found, grow faster. That's right? how we found our DM. You know, I recruited our DM away from enterprise. Yep. He was like, I'm tired of renting cars. And I said, well, Hey dude, would you rather sell protein? Yeah. You know? And, um, you know, that was four years ago. <laughs> if customers don't shop with us, it's like, well, how can we possibly know that they want to work here? Yeah. You never shopped with us before. And I'm not saying we need you to, we're not trying to recruit you as a customer. It's yeah. just like, how could we possibly hire you if you don't even know if you love us or not? Your biggest fans. Always. That's how they start. Always. Is that how you guys do it? Do you guys hire people from other parts of the country or are they primarily in Dallas already? Usually in Dallas because we've had to interact with them. We have to know them who they truly are. And I can never like uproot somebody moving across the country unless I And then they suck. Dude, I can't do a Zoom call over a face to face. No. I still can't do it. I I just don't trust it. Like Caitlin, who's our customer service and like operations specialist, she started as a squad member. Yeah. And so she was just a squad member. Is it kind of like an affiliate? Affiliate. And uh-huh. then she like, she made it a point to come out and work out at the gym and asked if she'd come out and she did. And when we had an opening, I was like, Hey man, I think she's like, she's a super cool chick. She's super, super hard worker. And she's got a cool background. Like we should interview her. And we brought her in and like, she just outranked everybody. And she awesome. knew, she knew the products and she cared about the company. And like, dude, she, she looked at it as a genuine opportunity. I love that. She's a fucking rock star. Yeah. Well, dude, I just, I love when people come in and they look at it as an opportunity because you can tell how fast they're trying to be uh, a contributing team member, yeah. right? They don't, they're not cool with just being like, I'm the person training. Um, you know, I, I have an excuse to, to not contribute, right? Like yep. I can just sit around and watch and kind of learn as I, everybody, you know, everybody else is working. I'm just going to like learn as I go. And they care about it like it's their own. Like you can never expect everybody to, to act or operate like an owner. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is never going to happen. But when they jump in and take pride in it like that, you're like, dear God, you get it. Thank you. It's, it's such a X, like it's, it's a point of like, you can exhale. You're like, Hey, when I'm not there, like it may not be done the way I'd get it done, but they're getting it done the way they would get it done. Yeah. And, and they're some, making sure that it got done. Sometimes it's a better fucking way. Yeah. yeah. Cause we're not that fucking smart. And so like, you know, like that, that, that's that comment right there though, is like, you just really, at the end of the day, you need somebody that cares like deeply about it. Yeah. We always talk about ownership mindset. We want to hire people and we want to, we want to cultivate people that have an ownership mindset. Like you look at the people that walk in that door. Imagine that everything that's happening in that store is your money. Like imagine you went to, you know, you you took out a business loan and you've put your nuts on the line and this is your business. How are you treating that customer? And as, as quickly as you can get somebody to get into that mindset, the better, the better they're going to be, the better the store is going to perform. And also the, the faster that they're going to progress and make more money and and move into higher paying positions. Thousand percent. So, all right, let me get you into these rapid fire questions. questions. All right. Uh, are you mocking, laughing at me right now, Kyle? No, I'm with my rapid saying, fire questions. You always do. You not like my rapid fire questions, I Kyle? Them. I love them. All right, you done, Sasson? Do I have to, do I have to answer these very fast, or can I? You can just answer them as at your pace. This All is right. easy. Let's go. Rapid fire. That is pretty stupid. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Last book you read? Uh, oh, that's a good one. I'm reading Marcus Aurelius. Um, how am I going blank here? Philosophy. It's a philosophy book. Yeah, it's great. Stoicism. Uh, for. Your uh, personal development, what book has impacted you the most? Uh, Customer for Life by um, Carl Sewell. Very cool. Uh, your favorite pre-workout not made by Man Sports? Mm. Ooh, this is blasphemy. It's <laughs> not. Everybody, everybody's got a favorite that's not theirs. Somebody's not. A, someone's not afraid to make something. No, uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> God dang. I, I wish I'd have, I I need to take other people's products more. I haven't been. I have, How about back in the day? I mean, back just in the day. Yeah, you know, when you worked at Results and Sports, wasn't even your brand. Yeah, you know the. Do you remember the jacked three D the lemon one that tastes like Sprite? No, was it? Just we sold it for twenty three dollars. I hated it. Yeah, Dude, yeah. The margin dollars are horrible, but it tasted so good. It tastes like Sprite. That was super good. Just jacked original. Jacked original. Did you guys Respect. ever sell Muscle Spike? Did you guys ever carry Muscle Fortress? No, but I know that brand. It was, dude, it was like, it was, it was like yeah. double the amount of, of DMA in it. Yeah. And the first time I ever took it, I remember feeling like I was actually on drugs yeah. and I didn't touch DMAA for like a year after that. Dude, I was I, like, that was too much. I often try other people's like high stimulant things just to see how they are, but I don't know. I just thought, mm-mm. I'm not uh, a high stimulant. Favorite protein it. not named by <clears throat> Man Sports. I mean, it's any cold filtered, you know, cold temperature process, micro filtered protein, like, First form has a fantastic one, Formula One. Um, I mean, Which might lead into my next question. Who made the first cereal flavored protein? That was first form. Okay. Yeah. I, we always thought it was, but we didn't yeah. know. You no, know what first, I mean? So, for, so we did candy flavors on, on supplements. First form dropped cereal flavors. And, I mean, the CTC. That was a game changer. Fucking good. Dude, I remember where I was standing when I tried the Fruit Loop. Cause I was like, this is game changer. Yeah. It was it, so good. It was such a hat tip to the protein powder because protein's dairy based. And so you're like dairy, it's like the leftover milk. It made total sense. Yeah. yeah, For sure. Um, here we go. 
Um, if we're in Texas, all right. So this, this is my favorite question. We always ask everybody at the very end because Kansas City is like barbecue central, right? We can't Fighting ask you words. the normal ones. But yeah, yeah. So we usually ask, we usually ask like you know what's the uh, what's the spot that you have to bring people? You know, they're from that are moving or like let's say visiting Kansas City. Where do you take them? Two right? spots. There's Pecan Lodge, which is on, in Deep Ellum. You can smell it from ten miles away. When this is in Dallas. It. It's in Dallas. All right, and it's called what? Pecan, Pecan Lodge. Lodge. Yep, super good. Uh, Hurtado's out near Arlington. That place is amazing. It's a bit of a drive from where we're at, but Hurtado's and Pecan Lodge. Did you I, ever try Franklin? Franklin Barbecue in Austin. Have you ever visited Austin? I haven't. Franklin? So, dude, like, so everybody always just you know raves about Franklin Barbecue. You're talking to a guy that has a 50 gallon drum smoke in the back of his truck right now. <laughs> like I'm going to barbecue this weekend with my sister and. I love uh, this. I grew up as an only child, but yeah, I do have a brother and sister. That's a long story. We'll tell that another time. Yeah. I found out about a couple years ago. Got it. So, but yeah, I, I love barbecue. I love barbecue, but yeah, I, I just can't stomach like waiting in line Yo, for three hours. Are you not <clears> going to, if you love barbecue, are you not going to have some here? I, I mean, like I like to cook my own barbecue. Yeah, okay, I, I do like, you. I like to cook my own barbecue. I do you like to try out like the competition spots though, just because you enjoy like you I are I think an I'm enthusiast. better than them. Okay. I do. Damn. Cause like, I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes sometimes it's just fresh barbecue. It's giving the jitters is so good. Oh my God. It sounds great. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I just got the chills. I get it. I, I can, I can do that to you, baby. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, I just got the chills. Yeah. Uh, fresh barbecue is sometimes like they may be better on some, like a lot of things for sure. A thousand percent because I'm not a barbecue restaurant, but fresh fucking barbecue is so good. That's true. It's so silly, good. man. When you it's pull silly. it and you pull the bone and you, it just, you pull it and like you're eating it two hours. Cause you, the two hours you let it rest is when you're going to go eat it. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. The stuff you're eating is like 18, 20 years old or yeah. 20, 20 hours old. Cause that's how they, they've been cooking all night and da, 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 And it's been sitting and now it's four o'clock and you're about to eat it. It's been sitting for 12, 14 hours. Yeah. Some people argue that's a good rest time, but look, fresh barbecue is so good. Yeah. Dude, I I, I've gone to a, so I worked a barbecue, uh, there's rock and ribs in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. And I volunteered at this event, but I got free barbecue for volunteering, right? Yeah. And people are just literally like, you know, they're handing me their 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 competition barbecue that they're about to submit to the judges, and they're just handing me the extras. And I was like, this every single bite was like the best How thing I've ever had. Yeah. yeah, I was like, that is stupid. You're like, in the ballpark. I'm yeah. like, man, there's just nothing. There's just, but there was no restaurant that had ever made it taste that good. They're like. Yeah. We definitely it's exactly tried. what he's saying. Because it's yeah. so fresh. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not just the fact that it was so fresh. He said that like they use, you know, different cuts, different, you know, lengths of yeah. time. Like, like, you know, restaurant is a business. This is to, this is to win. You and know a, what I mean? A lot of those places they use, not like probably, I mean, not, like, not Franklin's, but like a lot of these places, they don't use true like smokers. Like they're using like these big oven type things that cook the barbecue and like, it's, it's not the it, same smoke it's, penetration. It's, it's, it's a business. It's not trying to make, you know, yeah. the best tasting barbecue possible. Yeah, They're trying to make a decently good product for a decent price. So right? like Snows and Franklin's and all I mean this place. But you know what makes really good barbecue is barbecue sides. Yeah. And that's where I lack. Yeah. Same. So like I don't do a bunch of sides. I got a buddy of mine named Corey Moody who just does the most amazing sides. And he like came over and taught me a bunch of different things like Texas Twinkies and all these things. And What's like, a Texas Twinkie? What's a Texas Twinkie? bacon wrap something? Bacon oh, wrap yeah. something? Oh, yeah. So uh, what we do is we take, so we take a jalapeno, we cut it in half, we soak it in one part vinegar, uh, uh, two parts water, and to pull the heat out a little bit. Yeah. And then what we do is we go ahead and make a brisket that day. And then we'll take brisket and cream cheese and we'll stuff it in there. And then we wrap it in bacon. But before we wrap it in bacon, we put two butter, uh, bread and butter uh, pickles in there, two like chips, wrap it in bacon. And then we smoke douse it. in barbecue sauce, smoke it, pull it out and pull to put a cold pineapple on it. Dear wow. God. I bet that's amazing. It'll I don't cook. know how I've never heard of that. So in like, so in like Texas, a few months, right? You see, I got a deck here. Come on. 
I'm just saying, come I'll, on up. I'll bring that smoke right there. I'm yeah. dead serious. <laughs> yeah. Did, you know when we were talking about that hunting trip? Yep. This is my wheelhouse. Let's do it. <laughs> like you guys can do the hunting trip. I'll I'm, do the. I'm, I'll do the barbecue. Yeah. On I'm my planning deck. the. I'm planning yeah. the barbecue at my house for real though. We just. You need to get a nice offset up here. You get a nice offset up there, and you're just good to go. Just barbecue lingo and, offset. Like yeah. I know what that is. And we'll and we'll just. We'll <laughs> I don't even it. own our grill. So, but you know the. the <laughs> it's like the best smokers are the ones that you make in your backyard. I love it. Like a like barrel, like a barrel, a barrel yeah. Yeah. like keg. a propane tank. Yeah, cut the keg in half. Yeah, like that's what I have at my house. I have a two hundred fifty gallon offset propane tank that we turned into a smoker. Respect, and uh, it's good. Well, on that note, it's dinner time. It's Friday night. Yeah, appreciate you guys listening. Thank Steven. you, dude, for coming on, man. Yeah, really love, good times. love talking to you, man. Obviously, think you, you know, are doing such a good job with Man Sports, and thank you. You know, glad to, that we're you know able to carry your products and. You know, dude, just love the direction it's going in, yeah. man. I'm it's excited a, for you. It's really cool friendship with you guys because learning a lot. And it's that you guys have impacted my business in such a positive way. Dude, appreciate you appreciate for saying that, saying man. That, man. Seriously. Yeah. Um, excited for the barbecue to impact me in a positive way. <laughs> It'll be a negative. <laughs> All right. Tell Steven, tell everybody where to find you, where to find your brand, and uh, where to find you on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> Instagram's at man sports. My personal is at Steven Salmon. Uh, TikTok is at man sports and at Steven Stubbs. Follow Steven this Stubbs. man. This is a great man. You follow him. Uh, last thing uh, for our guests. If you guys are tell a fan, friend, of course, tell a friend, but also if you were a fan of the, of the podcast, we do have some protein bros podcast shirts that we made specifically special for our Ooh. listeners. These shirts are available at all of our locations. And all you have to do is walk in, tell them that you're a listener of the Protein Bros podcast, show them that you have subscribed to the podcast, and they will get you hooked up with a shirt in your size. They come in white, they come in black. I personally love the white. It pops, it looks awesome, but pick the shirt that you like the most. Uh, lastly, uh, we'd like you to make sure you tell a friend, share it up. Kyle, what else you got? That's it, man. That's it. Thanks again for coming on, dude. Yep. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>